Hi, welcome to another podcast for My Investing Story. Hi, my name is Ann McMillan. I am the Master Wealth Builder, helping you to build a stronger and better business and life. And I'm also a volunteer with Better Investing, a not-for-profit 501c3 organization that has helped over 5 million individual investors improve their financial situation from learning how to analyze stocks. Well, every week for the past few months, my co-host and myself, Miss Iona McNeil, better known as the Baby Billionaire, we have decided to bring to you the very best in sharing hashtag my investing story. Everybody has a story as relates to their investing and only some people are willing to share it. And so we're excited tonight to have one of those individuals here with us. And so tonight we're excited to bring to you none other than Miss Tracy Jackson. And Tracy, we're excited to have you. We're gonna talk a little bit about better investing and the fact that we're all volunteers. We don't sell any stocks, we're not day traders. We're basically here to volunteer. Ioni and I represent the Southeast Florida area and their better investing chapters all across the United States. So I want to encourage all of you to consider joining Better Investing. You can go to betterinvesting.org. But for tonight, we want to introduce you um, quickly to our guest now. Ms. Tracy Jackson is the Chief Financial Officer for Resource One Credit Union. She oversees all aspects of the institutional financial functions and is responsible for, for their financial stability. Now, Tracy is going to go into a little bit more detail about herself, but I want to start with that and just share with you that she's worked with, uh, worked for, it's Mecca, it's the credit union, um, you. Baltimore Inc. And for 11 years, she's also worked her way up from an intern position, and you know, it's very special to my heart, Tracy, from an intern position to assistant director and investment manager. And so with that, I'm going to also introduce to you my awesome co-host, Miss Ioni McNeil. Good evening, Ioni. How are you this evening? Good evening. I'm doing well. How are you? Awesome. So Miss Tracy, uh, we're going to catch the people up on what we were talking about before the uh, camera start rolling, I should say, right? <laughs> <laughs> so number one, shout out to Baltimore City. Absolutely, right. my city. Yes. <laughs> the one thing I didn't tell you is that um, I have I'm actually my best friend uh, Brianna is from Baltimore City, uh, from Baltimore City, okay. and is back living there now. Is a homeowner, happily married, all that stuff. Just came out with a book, but um, Baltimore City is actually really dear, near and dear to my heart because they've had some really interesting. Um, documentaries that I've watched about the youth in Baltimore City and the programs and the needs. And so I actually was aware of your school by watching one of those documentaries. Um, you know, you all like score the highest in math and, you know, you just set up all your students for greatness. And so it's a pleasure. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pleasure to talk to um, the product of, 
of a Baltimore City in your school. So um, that being said, uh, one of the first questions I wanted to ask you is, and, and we'll get into your career into the credit union later, but um, when you were much younger, how was your relationship to money? Um, um, how were you exposed to it in the home? Um, what was talked about? What wasn't talked about? Uh, what was your perspective on it when you were much younger? Well, I have to tell you, um, and it's, it's going to sound kind of repetitive from last week, but I didn't know we were broke until <laughs> I was eight. So exactly. um, just going through, I think from, you know, up to the point of being eight, right? So we had the cars, like three cars in the household, big screen TV is a pool table. I knew I lived in the city, so I know we weren't rich, right? That I knew hands down. I was in the city, but not I was the county school. Right, 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 right. I was in private school. I used to get teased, like, oh no, you know, you sound, you know, very proper. And so I used to get teased, but I was like, oh, whatever. I'm like, I can't be rich because we're we're living in the city. But my mom and dad separated when I was eight. I can remember to this day being in elementary school and the school secretary coming to retrieve me to tell me the news before I got home, which I don't even know why that was even important to me at an eight-year-old, but okay, thank you for telling me. So at least I can have a bad rest of the day. I don't know. Um, And I remember going to that, uh, you're going home and it's a different dynamic. So I don't know about y'all, but the Cosby show is my favorite show. So I'm thinking like, ooh, I'm about to have a great dynamic because I get to go to daddy's house and mommy's house is going to be great. No, that wasn't like that. Right. We separated and my dad had the wherewithal to file for bankruptcy. Mm. And that meant that my mother had to assume all the bills that the two of them had amassed together. Mm. And she had to work doubles and triples to make ends meet. I remember the phone calls coming in and we sitting there trying to say, oh, oh, I'm sorry, she's not in today. Can I take a message? You know, mm-hmm. and, you know at the time it wasn't Macy's, it was Heck Company back then, right? You know, cause they had all the good sales. And I was like, okay, well, ooh, all right. So this is how we do Citibank call. Okay, she's not here. Like, oh, she's not here. Okay, right? You know, she's standing in front of me, but she's really Playing not them games. here, right? Mm-hmm. And so I knew that's not something I wanted to do. I saw her work doubles and triples I and mean, I could tell you when she had the time off and we got time to go hang out I remember we would go out at night and the, the best thing was we would go to the post office trust me don't ask me why but it was only like an eight minute ride to downtown Baltimore and we would go to the the main post office right but I knew after that we would go uptown to Baltimore County and we would look at the neighborhood that we wanted to buy a house in Never mm. one house in that area, but it meant something to us because that's where she wanted to live. And mm. we would always go around and look at the houses and see where we wanted to be. Um, years of always keeping me into private school. It wasn't until I got to high school and I'm like, well, mom, there's no way in the world you can afford to put me through high school in a, in a private school. I mean, we were looking at Garrison Forest and Vermont and all these really top name schools. So I want to go, I want to go to, you know, public school. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. public school, number one public school in Baltimore City, Baltimore City College, right? It was not a real public school. I mean, but it was a great school. It was a great school. 
Um, and I got what I needed to get out of it. And oh, by the way, you don't have to spend as much money. Um, I think, I can't remember what year it was. Um, my mom, she was able to purchase um, a hair salon because she was a hairdresser and she was able to do that. She got the money by borrowing some of the money from one of our uncles down in North Carolina. And we were able to, she was able to get a hair salon that she had worked at. And, but I could see there, even with that, we still weren't bringing in enough money, right? right. But the light stayed on. I had the best clothes. I wasn't in need of anything because the mantra was, you should not look like what you're going through. Right, right. right. And so we went through all of that and it taught me that that's not what I want to do. I don't want to avoid phone calls. I don't want to just kind of make it look like I'm doing well so I can keep up with the Joneses, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to rob Peter to pay Paul. So how do I, how do I get out of this, right? And so those are kind of the thoughts I had while growing up, but it wasn't something that we talked about, you know, it wasn't something that, you know, we sat down and we had a conversation about money. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked about a lot of things. When I was in elementary school, she opened me a savings account, but I didn't have like an allowance, you know, to, to start building on that. We talked about tithing in my house. I went to church every Sunday, but we never really talked about the deep meaning of saving and then what that can do for your future, right? You know, what about retirement? You don't want to work forever. Unfortunately, I'm 38. I might end up working forever if there's no security. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, actuality, that, that's where I am in life, right? But I don't want to. So I purposely want to be in a position where I can retire comfortably and I don't have to worry about going out to the workforce and, and you know, trying to figure out how to make ends meet. Wow, well, thank you for sharing all of that because <clears throat> in essence, you learned from osmosis. And it's interesting, she was going through all of this without talking about the hard parts, but mm -hmm. you know, it's, I think what's really interesting, and I don't have kids, so you know, I'm take whatever I say with a grain of salt for those <laughs> of you that do, right? <laughs> But I think it's interesting, it's always interesting to me, and I've always been probably a little too grown when I was much younger, but it was just always interesting to me to be like, you think you hide that from your kids? You know, <laughs> parents are like trying to keep up appearances with their kids as if like your, your yes. kids not seeing through this right now. Like yes. they notice you not at home, you yes. know? So I, I think it's interesting that your mom did the best that she could she did. And really, you know, try to do what she thought was important for you and for her. Mm -hmm. And, did. but, but it also to me speaks volumes for you to come to your mom and say, Hey, ma, I really don't need to be continuing into private school going into mm -hmm. high school, you know, and for you mm -hmm. to kind of take off a little bit of that financial burden from her. Yes. Um, I thought that that was very uh, insightful and mature on your part, even, you know, even growing up as a kid. Um, so that being said, um, you know, you learn from watching your mom what mm -hmm. you didn't want to do and right. the situations you didn't want to be in. Um, then let's talk about that next phase in your life where you're, you know, you're going to the great, oh, <laughs> oh, I, 
Well, the Morgan State banner is a little. But, That's right. Uh, <laughs> yes. Going to the great Morgan State and, you know, uh, uh, getting into um, internships and, you know, talk to us about your relationship with money then when you're kind of like outside of the house and, and you're, you're doing things on your own. Well, I'm going to tell you this. Um, my mother did a lot of great things. She gave me my work ethic because I am definitely a workaholic. Um, mm -hmm. something you said about your children watching you, my daughter has the nerve to tell people, especially young men, that <laughs> my mother doesn't need a guy for anything. She can take care of him, buy whatever she wants. I'm like, oh, time oh, out. You got to stop saying that. But um, I, the honest to God truth, and I don't tell too many people this unless they're really close to me, um, I did not want to go to college. I was burnt out after high school. I was convinced that I just didn't want to do. I had a job at Giant Food. Um, if you're familiar, right? Shout out to Giant. You know, I'm very aware. I, I worked as their bakery clerk. I mean, I knew I wasn't going to do it forever, but my grandpa was like, it's a good union job. You should get in there. And so mm -hmm. not a problem. But I'll tell you that um, I, I did not want to go to college. And my mother said something really important to me. She said, okay, you have two options. You go to college, you get your education, or you immediately start paying for your, your bills, your car insurance and all these mm. other things. And I was like, oh, <laughs> duh, easy. Go to Morgan. Add grow to be grow. Right, but that was a complete and utter lie because I put myself through college and I had to pay my bills. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, I think I want her to repay me for all exactly, that. Stuff that I had to exactly. But um, I did go and I remember going to the mission's office and I was like, well, what do you, um, what do you, what's your, what do you want your major to be? And all I can remember, and I don't know how many of y'all remember this, but uh, remember Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd in Trading Day? Yes. I said, that's what I want to do. I want to be a stockbroker on the floor. Ah, and I, said, so I want to do finance, right? So I go on the finance and everything because I have this idea. I'm going to be uh, on that broker floor. Right. And there is when I started to, to really get into really the finance of it all, right? The mechanics of the finance, getting interested in what happens in the uh, stock market and insurance, right? Because it's not as simple as, okay, I wanna go buy stock in Disney. Okay, well, that's great. But we're in the middle of a pandemic. Well, how do you think their stocks is doing, right? And so, but it taught me what to look for, what trends to look for. Um, it talked to me about diversifying the importance of that, right? And so we had those conversations and as many college students, I was fortunate enough to get a Pell Grant each year, right? Wow. Now, of course, I, I went to Morgan State. So Morgan wasn't really expensive, but I had one year that I didn't, and I, I had to take out a loan. But for my refunds, I saved that money. And so six months later, when that loan was supposed to be paid, the first, you know, that first payment, I paid the whole thing off. Wow. And so the whole I, loan off. The whole loan. Because wow. it was a small loan, but I paid the whole yeah, thing off. Exactly. I got the refund. And at the time, I was intern out. I'll tell you a story about the intern a little bit later. The intern. Yeah, I, I want you know I'm gonna bring it back to the to the old black man at Giant. You know I'm gonna take it there. So. So, but the the MeQ. So the MeQ part of it, I was there as an intern, but I saw that they had a money market account, and I saw the rate on it. Now, picture this: 2005. 
there was some good rates going on back then. CDs were going at uh, five plus percent. And so I said, well, I got to get in on this. I'll put the money here. I'll let it, you know, accumulate interest. And when I need to pay the loan, I'll take it off and put it there. And so, but I got all that knowledge from going through my finance classes, um, working at Giant. I think I made $6 an hour when I first started. By the time I finished, I was like a whopping 10.05. I was making big money back then. That is actually <laughs> big money, money now. <laughs> to me, I mean, it paid my gas, right? <laughs> but I, I went, I, I was there and I remember, I can't remember his name, but I remember the young man talking to me. He wasn't that young. He, he was seasoned. He was been there for years. And he said to me, he said, uh, you really need to get into this 401k. You need to put money in it now because by time you get such and such, whatever. Well, that's great. I heard it in school, right? But when you're making $6 an hour, you don't see in your mind how you can do it. So that was my first mistake. And then I got into MeQ, which MeQ, my forever credit union, uh, shout out to, again, Baltimore City, I, um, is Baltimore's credit union. So I, I, I went there with no intention of staying. My mm. first, yeah, I was only supposed to be there um, for six months to help them transition from one building to the next. And, and, and you went there as a what? Uh, as an intern, as a new hire, as a They called me an intern, but really I was a temporary worker. So interns got desks, okay. they got chairs, they got phones. I didn't get all that. I couldn't even get a trash can, okay? <laughs> but um, they called me an intern, but I got to do a lot of grunt work, right? Nice. I got to learn uh, a lot from the um, bank recon side of it, how to reconcile what to look for. I, you know, I got a chance to work with lending. I got a chance to work with a lot of different areas, especially in operations. And um, from there, I got to experience what a credit union does. But the thing that kind of helped me fall in love with that was the fact that they did so much for Baltimore City. Baltimore is in my heart, it's in my blood. I love Baltimore and one day I wanna be able to do uh, a lot of things to give back to them. But they would go and they would build houses in the area which I was from. And that meant something to me. Wow. And so I knew then that credit unions aligned directly with my passion to help people with finance. And I'm going to be real. Back then, I was a little, I was a little you know, tunnel vision. It was, I wanted to help single moms learn how to manage their finances, how to come out of that. And then eventually that morphs because of credit union land, right? showing me that there was a breadth of people who did not have that. It wasn't right. just single moms. Right. Everyone, you need to start young, just like those commercials that they feed in us, the Toys R Us, oh, I gotta have this. Well, mm. we need to do that with finances. And so that's kind of where that, going from college all the way up to that point, kind of got me there. Wow, wow, that's, that's amazing. Um, so going back to the black man at, at Giant, Mm -hmm. How long did it take you to implement and act on when he first told you to get into your 401k and start investing to the time that you actually ended up doing it? So I worked at Giant for probably five and a half years officially. Um, and then um, I got hired at MeQ full time, right? Because I started the internship or whatever we we'll call it, February 2005. Um, it wasn't until January uh, 2006 that I was hired full time. And I had to wait a year at that time 
before I could qualify to get into the 401k. So it wasn't until that, I'm not December, but it wasn't until that next year, 2007, I was able to get into it. And they had a matching contribution. So if you put in 4%, you know, they'll give you two. Okay, well, fine, I can do that. I mean, it's right. free money. Why would I want to leave that on the table? Right. But that was me trying to say, you know what? I didn't, I didn't do it when I was in, in Giant. I need to get it better. I got, I got to do better. Mm-hmm. Let's see what we can do now. At that time, I had already had my daughter. She's born in 2004. Um, and okay. I had all these great ideas of things I wanted to do with her, right? Because of course, you can't have your child have less than what you've had, right? Mm-hmm. You got to give them everything, the best of everything. Well, I had everything. She had to have everything within reason, within reason. And, um, but I, the one thing that was important to me was education because I was forced to go to school when I thought I wanted to take a break, right? Because my mom knew better. And so I, what I did was I said, well, I want to learn more about what I need to do, right? Because she's young. I got to do it when she's young, right? Because if not, I'm not going, I'm not going to go back and do it. So I got my master's while she was still young. I went I even tried to do my CFP, but then I realized that's not the, the way I wanted to go. I didn't want to be a, a certified financial planner, right, but right, I right. wanted to learn about estates. I went and I paid someone to do my taxes, but I'm like, wait a minute, I'm paying you to do my taxes, which I'm okay with you. I'm okay paying you, but I need to know what's the mechanics behind this. So then exactly. I went to Jackson Hewitt and I got certified as a tax preparer because I wanted to know, not, I didn't want to get paid to do people's taxes. I wanted to know what's going on with mine. So I understand what all I needed to get out of my taxes to benefit, right? Exactly. Um, some of us, you know, don't pay 700 some dollars for, uh, you know, taxes. I, I just threw that out there. I don't know if y'all had heard about that. <laughs> yeah, I heard. And I, I told my daddy, I said, you need to sign me up for that plan because I make way less and I pay more than that. So, right. So, but I, uh, but I wanted to learn those things so that I could be intentional with passing that information down, not just to my daughter, but even to just my friends. I wanted my friends to know what was going on. I was constantly reading books, right? Everybody knows about the rich dad, poor dad with Robert mm-hmm. Kawasaki. Everybody mm-hmm. knows about um, Susie Orman, right? Cause she had a TV show. I used to watch her TV shows. Yep. Yep. There's other great authors out there who talk about, you know, some things, you know, about the investment part, about the money management part, because to be honest with you, you can't invest until you get that money management part down, because it's the money that you don't, you know, the money that you're not using, right, that you want to invest with, not the money that takes care of the lights, the gas and electric and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. You can't use that to invest. So you got to get that part of your journey straight before you can go and start investing. And so I knew I needed to have that kind of under my hat so that when it was time, I'll be ready for her. And I was like, I got to get her a 521 plan. I mean, 520, a 529 plan. 529, so yeah. So she can go ahead and get to school, right? And then I remember sitting there and I was all excited about doing this because I'm going to do this. And I listened to him. I said, well, what, what if she don't want to go to school? Because not everybody wants to go to school, you know? Now, my daughter, she's 16 now. She wants to be a writer. So yes, she does want to go to school. But there's also a part of her that wants to go to uh, to co- uh, to um, cosmetology school, right? Uh. So 
what if you decide that that takes president first? Well, that means that's money that I'm kind of losing out on or it gets stuck. So I, I had to think about that a different way. Like how else do we save up for college or you know, how else we wanna do this? But I wanted to make sure that I was armed and I was ready with the information I needed so that I could disseminate that information out. That's phenomenal, that's phenomenal. Miss Ann, we're gonna go to you before we do the, the second half. <clears throat> Oh, you're on mute. Thank you. And I'm just talking away about the parallel between your two stories. So I just want to talk a little bit, uh, remind everybody that we, Ioni and myself, are volunteers with Better Investing. And I just wanted to just share a little bit more about Better Investing. Uh, fact that our four investing principles, so thank you for the reminder, Ioni. Uh, number one, we invest small amount regularly, regardless of the market swings. Let me say that again, regardless of the swings in the market, uh, these are our principles. We invest regularly. Number two, we reinvest all dividends and earnings to leverage compound interest. Number three, we only buy quality stocks at a reasonable price. And then number four, we diversify our holdings to minimize the risk. So those are our better investing principles. And we practice um, these principles by following what we call the stock selection guide. I really want to encourage all of our listeners, if you are not familiar with better investing, please go to betterinvesting.org or we're gonna put that information inside of the chat and we're going to uh, encourage you to please consider starting an investment club or participating in one that already exists, whether it's a model club or just sitting in on some clubs. And wanna remind you that tonight we're talking with Ms. Tracy Jackson and she is the CFO uh, for Resource One Credit Union. And of course, you're hearing her and Ioni talk about uh, that wonderful place, Baltimore. Uh, it's Baltimore City to be exact, right? Yes, yes. But what's interesting for me is that she worked her way up to where she is from an intern position to the assistant director and investment manager, a position she held for the last three years with the organization. She, is a, she has a Bachelor of Science degree in finance from Morgan State. Yes, yes, Malachi, from Morgan State University and a Master's of Science in Financial Management from the University of Maryland. So um, I do have uh, a question before Ioni comes back to continue the interview. And my question really for you is what would be one word of wisdom or tip would you share with a single mom? Because I know we talked a little bit about this early on and I know you're very passionate about single moms, but if you could just share maybe just one, one, um, one tip that you like for single moms to consider as it relates to investing. Uh, 
can I can I do two in one? <laughs> yes, yes, okay. Um, all right, all right. I think that um it is one um it, it's talking, talking to someone, get getting that information, um, educating yourself, learning about it. I think uh the other part of that is um educating yourself as much as you can with what you get. So talking to people who, you know, are in similar situations who've worked their way out um, because you're, you know, at this point, you know, it's not too late to get out, but you want to be able to do it. So learning from others, you know, talking with people who are where you want to be, right. You know, I need to start talking to Iona because I need to be a billionaire very soon. So you see, so, so you need to have those conversations and surround your people, yourself with people to get you there, to help you with along your journey, because they've gone through this similar uh, situation. And then the other half of that, like I said, read the books, educate yourself, because you don't want somebody to tell you something and you don't have the full understanding of it. Because now you're just going off of someone else's information and it could be half right and half not because not every suggestion works best for you. Just like not every investment works for you. And so that's kind of my, my two-on-one advice. <laughs> All right, thank you. All right, Ioni. Yeah, I think you make a really good point. In fact, earlier this evening before that we start the show, mm -hmm. <coughs> excuse me, I uh, was speaking with uh, a fellow board member of Better Investing. Her name is Jackie Koski. And so I'll connect the two of y'all because uh, she's on the National Board of Better Investing, but she is also a fellow Black woman mm -hmm. um, who is a single mom, actually also a divorcee. And she's been able to retire early. Um, yeah, so... You know, I, and, and we have some 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 uh, women that fit the profile listening to us, uh, I'm sure right now on 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 in the show and also in the future. And it and, and one of the things that I'll say, well, the reason I brought that up is two things. The very first thing is I think that that is the specialness of the better investing community. Right. Um, you know, we are encouraging people to become members so that they can feel supported and be supported in their journey. Uh, I'm going to do a special shout out to two of my favorite women that are always on, and that's Cindy and Makita. You know, both of these women knew that learning, investing, and, and financial management and money management are, were important at this point of their lives. And so they became members of Better Investing and they're, you know, attending online webinars and workshops, but they're also reading the Better Investing Magazine monthly and they're asking questions and they're staying engaged and staying involved. And, you know, just within less than a year for one and, and two years for another, um, they've been able to really change their financial situation around. So um, I think what you're saying really does speak to the value that Better Investing provides because in addition to the skills and the tools and learning how to study a, a stock and use the SSG and, you know, know how to look at a value line and know how to access Morningstar and know how to, you know, know what a PE is and know what a reasonable price is. Knowing all of that, I think what you said is actually more important. Being connected with other people to help you along that journey so that you're not learning it alone so that you're learning from other people and not just one type of person or, or one mindset, 
but um, I think the variety of, of education and experience um, that we have in the better in investing community is really uh, second to none. Um, so, so that being said, one of the questions I wanted to ask you is, um, are you investing regularly? And if so, how? So yes, I am um, a, a few different ways. Uh, I have, uh, because this is my fourth credit union, I have uh, three different 401ks. Um, yes, I know I should merge them. Um, but I, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't got a chance to do it. I'm just, uh, you know, loyal to my Miku. I just hate to absorb into somebody else's, but um, I have three of those, but also um, I'm, I'm contributing the, you know, to that max. And then it's going to go up, you know, extra 2% from there. Okay. Um, I do have uh, mutual funds that I'm invested in that um, not only do I have it for myself, I also have one for my daughter because I want her to have a good retirement fund for when it's time for her to retire. Um, every pay, I put $100 away um, for both. So $100 for mine, $100 for hers um, that I invest into this. And my the mutual fund I, I chose really um, spoke to uh, pretty much a lot of things that we all use, right? The Amazons and, and you know, the, the stuff that we're really involved ourselves in. Because I, I remember my CFO um, from uh, Miku of Baltimore, he went to that other school. I won't say what it is. Uh, you talking about Coppin State? <laughs> no, he, he went to uh, Poly, Polytech. Oh, oh, Polytech, okay. School. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but he uh, he said that he always said that you know you invest in what you what you buy right if you're going out there and you buy Nike you invest in now you're not going to invest in one of them but you're going to take your time and you're going to look at what mutual fund it has diversified enough in it that you could you know it can match up for when one takes a dive the other ones are performing well so you don't have to um, feel the hurt if that one is not doing well and so. I do that, like I said, for myself and for my daughter, in case she does not pay attention to anything we talk about. She gonna have some money when she retires because I'm not gonna let her touch it <laughs> no time soon. Well, that's excellent. And, and speaking of your daughter, that's uh, I want you to bring her into the conversation of this now because you know we've talked about how you learned a lot of things from your mom. A lot of it you do, a lot of it you decided not to do. Mm -hmm. um, but talk to us, especially for the single mothers um, mm -hmm. that are learning it for themselves and they want to educate their children alongside of them. I think your story is amazing. So, you know, please share how you've been exposing and actually talking um, about money and investing and saving and saving and all of those principles with your daughter. So I'll tell you what you have not heard. When she was in elementary school, she used well, to- Well, you got you to you gotta tell it all because I heard only a little bit, but a lot of people, they heard none of it, so. Right, so now I'm about to give you the whole stuff, but I'm gonna give you the okay. part you hadn't heard. Ah, uh, okay, 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 okay. Let's start when she was in elementary school. So when she was in elementary school, she used to get an allowance. I, that's right, I said, mm. parents, this is what mm. you don't understand. Stop throwing good money after bad because you give your kids these allowances Ooh. don't clean the house to your standard. If you don't pay a maid to do that kind of work, don't pay your kid to do it. So my daughter got fired. <laughs> <laughs> but when she, I would give her allowance and I said, this is what you have to do. You take 10% and you give to God. You take another 10% and 
and you put it in your savings and then you can spend the rest, right? Cause you don't have any bills. So, I'm, so I wanted her to get those two principles down before she got fired. Now, <laughs> after that, whenever she would get birthday money, same principle applied. So whenever you had money come in, you gave to God, you then put in your savings. You had the rest to do whatever you want with. And so that was something really important. So um, I remember in my second credit union, I brought the idea over to them about an auto build CD. I, mm. I love from my original credit union, my MeQ, and 12 month CD or 24 month CD can open it for as low as $25, but you can continually add money into it. Perfect for when you want to go for a little bit vacation or something, right? Because we all think of investing as just putting it in the stocks, right? But there is a, a way of doing it that's a little bit, you know, intermediary top, mm -hmm. right? But, you know, for vacations you want to go on, whatever trip you put it in there, or maybe it's a, a project you want to do around the house. So when I bought that idea, she got one of the CDs and she's like, all right, Ma, can you put this money in my account? Like she would give me money to go put in her account because at that point she understood the principle of what she needed to do, right? So whenever she got money, okay, I need you to put this X number of dollars in my account, right? Because she wanted to save towards, I don't know why she needed it. Because you don't have uh, what they the old people say, a pot. So you know what in But she had to have that new iPhone 11 when it came out, right? Hey, you so she, be fresh in she the saved streets, money. Man. She saved it. She literally saved the money. She was able to get that and the air AirPods, right? Whoa. So right, she doesn't she was she saved the money. If you save it, you can buy whatever you want, right? Exactly. So she was able um to do that. And so she's getting that concept down. But it's something I do every month. Every month, I prepare my budget for what I'm going to spend. I look at how much income I have coming in, whether it's through my paycheck or any additional income that mm -hmm. was coming in, right? Mm -hmm. And I have that mapped out. And then I map out everything I want to spend. And I make sure that I spend everything in my budget down to, you know, I make it to zero, right? So that way, I know where all of my money is being allocated for, you know? And a part of what people don't understand, a part of your budget is you pay yourself. I think you that's gotta put that it in the budget. Say, right. You can't say that enough because people think a budget is just me paying my expenses and, and then I have my, you know, my income and then minus my expenses. You are a good investment for yourself. We had a we had a prior guest that said, uh, you are a bill. Pay you, yeah, non-negotiable. Right? It's non-negotiable. You need that emergency fund, right? You know, and then once you get that emergency fund, you want some other money to stick away. But then you also, then you have your retirement. But I wanted my daughter to see that that's what is a part of my budget, right? It is an expense. I pay myself, you know, however, you know, I want to do. But I tell you, uh, someone gave me advice many years ago when I was working at um, MeQ. And I, first, I wasn't, you know, that's during my intern time, right? She said, have it automatically deducted out of your paycheck. That way you don't have to worry about taking you know, that money out. Mm -hmm. I have money going to Kirsten's account, have money going to my account. So that way you didn't have to worry about it, right? So uh, with that being said, she and I go through it. Every month I do it, she sits with me, we talk about it. We were having a discussion the other day about a secure credit card. She said, well, Ma, I don't get the point of that. That just sounds ridiculous. And I mm -hmm. said, well, 
No, because you know what? You want to uh, you you want to be able to establish credit, but why not use your own money to establish that credit? Because I remember being in college and we would get all of those um, offer letters for credit. I was mm -hmm. afraid to get a credit card because I didn't want to get in debt and I didn't want to have those phone calls come to the house that I got to pretend like I'm not around, right? Mm -hmm. So I was afraid when I got my first credit card, I had, I think, a $3,000 limit from Discover. Afraid. I did. I was like, oh my God, what if I spend too much? What if this, you know, trying to remember, you need to be able to pay it off, you know, every month, whatever you put on. So that means you can't put on too much. Back then, mm -hmm. you had to use 50% of your capacity. Now, they don't want you to use that. The things you got to stay in, keep in the front of your mind when you're looking at this. So I'm trying to have her have that conversation. When it's your money that is on hold in a savings account that's backing that credit card, if you decide you're not going to pay, well, they'll just take it out of that, that money there because that, that's going to be your money that secured your card. But it still helps you to establish that credit without you having to go all the way to uh, Chase or Citibank or whoever to get it done, right? And so having that conversation with her, we might have to have a little bit more conversations because she still don't get the concept of it. But I, I was thinking that now that she's 16, it's a great time to have her start to do that. So she learns how to manage that limit, that when you, whatever you put on, you know, to, to, to go ahead and pay off. Because what she knows is that she gets child support, right? On a, a weekly or a bi-weekly basis. So she knows when it comes, how much it is, and she knows she can get her nails done or her hair done, but she knows not to go too far. So now let's transition that into you have that income coming in. Let's look at it from what are you gonna do if you had a secure card? Let's start talking about how to manage your credit because I think we have the budgeting part down to a degree that I'm comfortable with that, that we should probably take it to that next level. That sounds amazing. And from how you describe her, I mean, I think she sounds ready to me because let me tell you, I, <laughs> I just got a credit card four years ago in 2016 because I felt the exact same way. I was like, mm -mm, cash is king. I'm not even trying to. And, and I was also at a stage where I didn't have jobs. You know what I mean? I mean, employment was not consistent for me and I didn't want to develop habits that I, I couldn't keep up with. Mm -hmm. So, but you know, the fact that she has that and, you know, if she already is, is, is having parameters around her own mindset, I mean, it, it sounds like a wonderful opportunity for her to start building credit like that. And, and, you know, and we're trying, and it's so funny you said that because I want to get away from using credit cards and only using cash. Like my next car, I only want to pay cash for, right? You know, I'm sorry. There's certain cars I'm not going to finance. Okay. You know, when they get to those higher, higher end cars, I'm right, right, right. Cars, you want to pay cash for it, right? Because when you pay cash for something, you now have taken the power in your own hand to negotiate a better deal, right? Because of I don't have to pay $100,000 for this car because I have cash. I could walk away from you and get it from someone else. Now you're ready to talk to me. Cash, cash, houses and cash. I mean, houses and cars. Yeah, Houses cash. and cars, right? Yeah, yeah. So you want to be able to do that. Like this house here. I, so I came to Texas with the idea of renting. But I bought a house and I bought a house because we're in COVID, rates are low. There were 
tremendously wonderful deals that were being thrown out to people, especially on the new builds, right? Wow. So I, I would be a fool not to take advantage of it. But the fact of the matter is my daughter says she wants to stay in Texas. I'm 39. I'm no, I'm not 39, I'm 38. Lord, forgive me. I'm giving myself some more time that I don't need to. I'm 38 <laughs> and I want to be CEO by 40, but I don't know if I'm going to be in Texas, right? I don't know where God's going to take me, but right. she'll have a house. So right. when she goes to college, she has a house. You know, we talk about the COVID situation right now. You know, none of us knows what's going to happen, but what we do know is 220,000 people have aspired because of this, right? They're no longer living. Their families are left alone. Now, how many of those folks died with a will? How many of those folks died with insurance? I talked to my daughter about what if, not that I want it to happen, but we got to prepare for what if it was me. Well, you have this insurance policy that's from the job, and then you have another insurance policy. This one here pays off the house. The other one, you put away your taxes that you need to pay annually for the house. You put away your tuition that you're going to need for four years. And oh, by the way, you still have money left. Those are conversations we have to start having with our children and with the rest of our family members, our spouses, whoever your significant other is. You got to have those conversations. They're tough conversations, but you have to have them because it's a reality. We're not always going to be here. And so exactly talk about, you know, I mean, it's, it's more than just your budget It's about survival, right? It's about leaving that legacy. It's about breaking the chains of generational, you know, gaps, right? Making, creating generational wealth by doing that. I'm so glad you brought that up because, you know, when I heard that you were having that type of conversation with your daughter, again, you know, I just commend you for, you know, just really being transparent with your child about what's going on. Because again, where children get left is when you either wanna act like you doing it all, providing it all, they don't have to worry about that. And then you wonder why they just end up being leeches. I mean, they can't, they can't move and think without you because you've been doing all of their thinking and doing for them for so long. Um, yes. And then two, really just being prepared in the case that they need to step up to the plate, um, knowing where your documents are, yes. knowing, you know, knowing the health or the status of uh, knowing how, I'm sure she knows how to pay a bill because she's been sitting with you Mm -hmm. learning how to allocate money. And it's just, it, 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 it really just warms my heart because that level of transparency and vulnerability, you know, I, I, again, I'm not a parent, take it, you know, anybody listening and you got your opinions, you know, take this with a grain of salt. Um, but I do think that it is important because wealth is not built only with one person or only at one generation. Mm -hmm. um, and it's definitely not kept at only one generation. Right. Um, we had a, another young lady on much earlier when I had another conversation with her, her name is Paige mm -hmm. and she's a white young woman. 
And when I asked her the question, because she's been helping out with the uh, Black youth, we've been working with uh, teaching them stock market game and investing stuff like that. You right. know, when did you first start investing? She said, oh, I was born into it. And that was an honest response because she didn't right? have to think about it. But the fact that when she was born, her mother already had, her mother and father already had the stock for her. And mm -hmm. her grandparents already had this stock for her, which they didn't tell her about until she graduated, you know, went to school. But it was not just they bought it for her. It was the fact that growing up, she was telling me about how her mom would talk about the stock statements and they would mm -hmm. go through them together and all of that. And so I think it really does, like you're speaking to, it really does just come down to transparency Mm -hmm. from the parent side and exposure on the child side because you know without that you can build this great empire but when you hand it off if they weren't there laying the bricks with you yeah. or even you know learning or doing any of those things um, many family generation generational wealth is lost in the third generation because yeah. it you know it's it had been created with an air of, I'm doing this for you, not yeah. I'm doing this with you. Mm -hmm. You need to be learning so that then you can set it up and do it for your children and grandchildren. So I, I do wanna, you know, I did wanna make a special point about that because um, I think you may be the first person I know that have had those quote unquote hard conversations or, mm -hmm. uh, gone into territory that most people are not really comfortable talking about death yeah you know unknown mm -hmm. timing insurance you know you gotta um, be comfortable with that yeah comfortable enough to say you know what i overspent on this one area so that means that this might not happen right you have to be able to explain what's a want and what's the need because the need should always win out not the other way around these are things you have to be able to say and to do with your family because one person is just one person you can't do anything more you can't create anything better just by yourself my grandfather used to tell me you cannot live in this world alone that's really true especially when it comes to learning more about your finances. You cannot live in this world alone because everyone needs help, but you have to feel comfortable with being uncomfortable because these are hard topics and you gotta be vulnerable to say, you know what, I need help or I don't understand. All too often we live in that. And I have to say, yes, it's a little biased because my mother's black. But black women can make a bunch of things happen on a little bit of money. <laughs> a whole world on a dime. You see what I'm saying? I mean, it, it's, it's very creative. It's amazing how much you can get done with a little bit of money, right? Go on vacations, broke as you don't know what. But you made it happen because you're determined. You was intentional about what you needed to do for your family. And so we got to remember that though that was their best effort, and I applaud her every day for all that that she installed upon me and what she worked for. But at the same time, I have to teach my daughter, Kirsten, a different way. 
I don't like working hard. My mom was a General Motors worker. Okay. That was some real hard work. Okay. Line work. Line work. She was on the line. Right. I let me tell you, I went one time for bring your child to work day that interrupted my sleep. It was fun at first. Okay. You get to put the stem in the wheel. Oh, that was fun. But then it got old. And then I had to go. I'm like, well, y'all still working? Who is doing this? No. It wasn't for me. We got to find a different path, you know, but in finding a different path, it doesn't matter how much money you, you make. If you don't have the basic principles down about your money management, how to secure your financial table, how to make that work for you so that when it's time to retire, you still have a good footing, then it doesn't matter because these are the key components you need to take you to that next step. Wow, that's amazing. Yes. Yeah, I, I wanted to just, I'm not sure if you had a, another shout out tonight, but I did want to give a shout out to Howard Johnson on before we, um, uh, before he thinks we don't see you, Mr. Johnson. Thank you so much for gracing us with your presence. So Tracy, let me tell you a little bit miss, about Mr. Howard Johnson. How, Howard Johnson is a uh, is forever going to be a legend uh, within the better investing community, but, but definitely within the the, the my investing uh, hashtag my investing story com uh, community. Right. I'll send you. No, did I send you? Did I? You did. did I send you? you? I, okay, so I already sent you his episode. I just want to reiterate. You know, he's always going to be famous for saying. Somebody asked him a question: When should I get started? When's the best time to start investing? He said right. yesterday. <laughs> yesterday and i will never forget that I, I always give him credit but i'm gonna always use that line so that's that's yeah. that's that and then also the, the wonderful thing about mr johnson is that um he started investing at 49 years old okay that's when he got his wake-up call he became a member of better investing and um he's been investing 20 years now he's 69 and he's um, 100% in equities. Right. So that's a testament to, you know, what the better investing community can do, what our, what uh, the quality of our investment education here at better right. investing. And, um, and like I mentioned, actually, last week, I think that, you know, the more that I get to meet better investing members, I realize that more often than not, with the knowledge that we're sharing and teaching, um, I know more people that's been able to retire early right and better investing than any church school sorority fraternity that i've ever been to right. so i just want to make that plain because you know depending on your goals speaking to what you're talking about um you do need to be connected i think people need to know where they can go for quality information um, and a community that's going to help you on your path, whatever that is. But, right. you know, we here at my, my, my investing story is specifically for uh, financial education, financial freedom and investment education uh, so that you can learn how to make your money work for you. Mm -hmm. We already know how to work for the money, but learning how to make our money work for us and um, and just focusing on the on the quality of life that can that can provide to us. So with that being said, I'm gonna let you have the last words uh, before we turn it back to to Miss Ann. Whatever whatever you think that you know people need to hear as we wrap up, 
the floor is yours. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you um, for this opportunity. Thank you for allowing me to come on. Um, what I do want to leave everybody with is that it's not too late. Wherever you are in your stage of your money journey, it's not too, too late to get started. It's not too late to start doing you know, the different things you need to do, whether it's on the money management end, right? So you can manage your debt. Or if not, and you're already at that point, you want to invest, it's never too late to get into it. You just gave a great story about Mr. Howard. It's never too late to get started, you know? And so there are some books that I did want to share. And so um, I've, like I said, I've read a lot of different books, but one is um, The Money Rules, and it's The Simple Path to Lifelong Security by Jean uh, Cheswis, or I, I probably messed up her whole name, but this oh, is one this of the books. It's a very mm -hmm. small book, but you, it, it's, you know, 100 pages. You can get through it, right? If you're on the subway, like, you know, I used to ride to work, put, you put, read put that back up so we can take a picture for those. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. No problem. And then I have Spend Well, Live Rich, How to Get What You Want uh, with the Money You Have. And it's Michelle Singleton. It's another book. Oh, shout out to Michelle Singleton, who was uh, always been writing in the Washington Post, right? Yes. I love her. I absolutely do. Um, mm -hmm. I can't remember if she came to one of the conferences I was at or she came to Miki. We used to have really great speakers who would come and talk with us. Um, Another one is nickel and dime your way to wealth. Mm. And um, the common sense guide to investing by Deborah Owens. And so I did see her at a conference. So another good one. And we had already talked about rich dad, poor dad, but um, we talked about Susie Orman. But another one um, I, I have as an audio book, Dave Ramsey. I really, truly enjoy Dave Ramsey, The Money Takeover, for people who are really looking to get out of the debt. Because a lot of times we want to, but it's something here that says, how can I make it possible, right? You know, and so that's when that intention comes in. That's when you, you start to sit down, have those tough conversations with yourself, right? About how do I make this happen? So that you can have the tough conversation with your family to say, you know what? It's okay. I'm going to tell you no. Christmas gifts aren't happening this year, right? And this is why, because of this. And so those are some of the books that I've read. I mean, I've gotten certified to be a credit union certified financial counselor, um, but those are a, a lot of things I've read. So not only can I help myself, but I'm able to, to go out and spread that information because whatever you get from this particular, you know, show, please don't keep it to yourself. There's somebody else who needs that information. All too often, once we get ourselves out of a situation, we start getting on the good foot. We start to be able to have that money. You know, we don't tell everybody what's going on. on we just want to say it look real good in our cars and stuff like that. That's not the way we create wealth in our race or in our in generation. We have to tell other people. And so I'll leave you with that. Well, I'm just going to say... Um, B.I.'s motto, which I have adopted, is friends don't let friends retire broke. So that's my yes, I that's like my it. amen uh, dovetail, I, you know, piggyback on yours. 
and with that, I'm gonna I'm let Miss Miss Ann have the, the closing remarks. Well, we want to thank everybody for joining us for another wonderful podcast. Miss Tracy Jackson, you've been a jewel in sharing and dropping wonderful tidbits of information, enjoying your story. But we also want to remind everybody, please go to bedinvesting.org. And even if you don't join, just search around the website. Become more educated about your own situation. Also, join us in 2021 in Houston. We are having another financial empowerment seminar. Dallas, we in your, your sorry, area, Dallas. Tracy. I, I'm, I'm already, Doretha, I'm coming to Houston, Doretha. Everybody else is going to be in Dallas, but I'll be in Houston with Doretha. <laughs> but we will be in Dallas for the... Um, Better Investing Annual Conference, where we will be hosting our annual Financial Empowerment Day on that Saturday. And we want to encourage all of you to join us. Join us live because, um, and Tracy talked about it, surround yourself with individuals who are like-minded and like-spirited going the same direction you're going in and learning how to invest. It really is about the education. And there's no other, there's no better organization that can give you that. Ioni and I are volunteers, along with all the other hundreds of volunteers for this wonderful organization. And we're not talking about a short term. Uh, both of us, Ioni and myself, we're, yes, 20 years for her and 20 years for me already as a volunteer. And so when you think about where are you going to invest your time, talents, and treasure in the service of others? So with that, we're going to thank all of you for joining us, and we will see you again next Wednesday with a special guest. I am not sure if you had another shout out to anybody before we wrap up. Um, well, today's shout out can actually go to Shamika uh, because she finished the, actually I have two shout outs. She finished the beginner investing class, and consequently she completed an SSG that she was able to present at on Sunday at her um, investment club that she's been visiting. So she's been growing leaps and bounds uh, just in the past two months. The other shout out is going to go to uh, my dear friend, Cindy. I was amazed that Cindy participated in uh, completing, finally completing her SSG. It's been yeah. a long time coming. I'm so proud and, and happy for her. And uh, she even surprised me by presenting it in class last Saturday. I mean, I had questions, I she had answers. Yeah, I, was I was like, there. whoa, I think just uh, her, her confidence level is, is, is just gone through the roof. So those two, two wonderful ladies um, have my shout out for this week. Well, and I, only, I give you my shout out this week because you're a phenomenal oh. teacher. I was also in that class with everybody else. <laughs> And on behalf of everybody who participated, uh, I'm just a mouthpiece. We all want to thank you for making it and keeping it real. And for those of you that are on Zoom, please put in a shout out. You agree with this and let Ioni know how you feel because, uh, listen, when I go to bed, she's up working on it. And when I get up, she's working on it. And so next to Tom joining, she's got to be the hardest worker in this investment world. 
And so, but she enjoys it. And, and Tracy, uh, thank you again. But I, I want to just encourage everybody, share the show, like the show, share the show, and join us. Become members of our Facebook group. Just go to Facebook and join the Better Investing Southeast Florida chapter on Facebook. And because Howard Johnson is here, we're going to ask you to also join the one in Atlanta too. <laughs> Shout out to the Georgia chapter. Yeah, Georgia chapter. Join their Facebook group because we, we're doing some wonderful educational things and you cannot find a better place of volunteers. And so with that, we're going to give everybody a... Um, a shout out and say thank you so very much for joining us and then we'll see you see you next week thank you thank you bye